Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. This is uh, Trey Cashin. Stephanie is unfortunately working <laughs> uh, today. This is I don't know about y'all, but May is the... Uh, it has always been the crazy month of for our family. Um, it seemed to die down for a little bit when they were all here, but now with graduations and other things, proms and people getting older, it seems to have picked back up. So anyway, um, I, I I always look forward to I was when I was when I was a younger parent. When we were younger parents, we used to say, well, "Okay, once we get past this, it'll it'll slow down." Well, I I have been told by those older than me. <laughs> And I'll tell anybody that's younger than me, it it changes, um, but it does not go away. So um, it, very busy. Hey, listen, as I've mentioned before, a good friend of ours used to always say, you know, when you look around and the house is a mess and you got to be there and you got to be here and you don't have enough time to do this or that, to just remember that those are the signs of life. That means everybody's healthy and happy and um and, and busy doing things because of their uh, healthiness. So anyway, um, I'm going to begin with a prayer uh, in general and then and then followed by a, uh, our, our prayer for the families uh, that we usually read at the beginning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we come before you at this time, and we just ask that you would please guide our conversation. We offer this show to you, this time to you. And um, with Thaddeus here, we gather in the name of your son and trust that he will be here with us as well. We beg for the gift of the Holy Spirit, especially as we approach Pentecost and ask for every grace and blessing we might receive. May the Holy Spirit provide us with the words that are needed to uh, teach us, um, to help us, to strengthen us, um, and also to all those who will listen. Uh, to the show. May all that we say bring glory to your name and help all the families. And so, Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weakness and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. Through Christ our Lord, who is the way, the truth, and the life forever and ever. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know Thaddeus is here, but unfortunately, I think he sounds like he might have a little bit of a of a cold a little bit of a scratchy voice a scratchy voice i imagine imagine with finals and stuff it's been, it's been a pretty busy time for you too in addition to everything else that's going just, on just, here just a wee bit just a wee bit so i'm glad he's here and he'll jump in as as uh as he sees fit as the spirit but, moves me as the spirit moves you but uh, and i actually do have something i wanted to to share sure you want to do it right now yeah. yeah um this is a little holy card that my my children put together with um as as a little project at home with robin oh cool and it's um it has an image from probably the early 20th century of uh mary star of the sea stella maris and on the back of it they put this little um reflection or meditation meditation from saint bernard of clairvaux and i've my my daughter brought it found it the other day and she she brought it into me and and gave it to me and 
it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is is doing something in spite of <laughs> in spite of my no, my no. efforts. Um, but it's really been uh, helping me the last few days, especially. And so I wanted to read it Good. on the air and let people benefit from it. And it goes like this: As you struggle through the stormy sea of life, do not turn away from Mary, Star of the Sea. If the winds of temptation blow your little boat, or if you are headed toward the rocks of suffering, look at the star. Call Mary. If you are tossed by waves of ambition or envy, look at the star. Call Mary. If anger or greed rocks the little boat of your heart, look at Mary. If you are getting discouraged because of your sins, think of Mary. In dangers and difficulties, Remember Mary. Call Mary. Do not let her name be far from your lips. Keep the thought of her fixed in your heart. She will keep you from losing your way. She will protect you so you have nothing to fear. She will guide you to Jesus, your Savior. And what I really love about that, especially right now, is uh, this idea of just keeping her name on our lips. Just, yeah. just invoking her name, just keeping that thought of her, whatever. There's many, many different thoughts we can have of Our Lady. And keeping that in our heart, keeping that close to us, and that can help us find our way. She can be our, our star on those stormy yeah, that's seas. Beautiful. And, and um, I mean, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, you know, doctor of the church as well. And, and so we can... We can count on him. Yeah, we can take the, confidence can take in that. Confidence for in sure. that, for sure. And um, and I think you know it, it is it is true. And I think as Catholics, we need to really embrace what's true. That we all, I don't know about most of us. I assume when they wanted to be comforted, or when they were scared, or whatever, when they were young, would run to their mother. I mean, I yeah, I mean, for sure. I, th- I think I think most of I that maybe an overgeneralization, but. I know it's true in in my own life, and and there's just a different connection with a with a, a mother, right. and um, I don't know. I was always felt more comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, calling, particularly when I was in trouble or in whatever <laughs> than I that I might have of my of my of my dad. And I think to understand Mary as our mother is is so important. So somebody that you would call on, mm-hmm. you know, that you would call on. Readily. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was in college, I remember when I was going through difficult times, the first person I called was my mother. So um, I think, again, the family kind of gives us some insight and kind of normal. Again, I know that there are unfortunately are maybe less than the best mothers out there and maybe mothers who don't live up to that. But even in just, I think, normal um, families, not extraordinary families, uh, moms are there's something special about the relationship with, between children and their mother that allows for an interaction in the midst of being hurt and scared yeah. and all these different things that come up that sometimes you might question um, going to a, to your dad about. Um, and there's, there's so many times on EWT and I've heard people call in and say that even though they have a, a strained relationship with a, with a mother or a, a "Quote unquote dysfunctional relationship with with their mother that doesn't impede them from right. drawing on Mary. In fact, they draw on her all the all the more because of well, you know, of I what, mean, you know, what they need my uh, my mother. I, I think I knew this before, but right before she died, she said, "You know, when you were born, Trey, I, I gave you to Mary, and as I am dying." and getting ready to die, I'm giving you back to her. <laughs> and so I've always, um, I've always felt, um, that, that connection and, um, at, at varying levels, but particularly during this month of May, when, when we, when we remember, uh, Mary, uh, we need that. And again, she is also like like the family, but in a much more extraordinary way because because of the way she was. She is the mother of Jesus, uh, the mother of God, uh, in a singular way, I guess. 
she is a, a model for the church. In fact, the church tries to take after her. The church, in a certain sense, is a mother as well. Um, and so the family, again, getting back to kind of what we were, had talked about before, and, and maybe not so perfect segue, but 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 getting back to to this, that, that we as a family are called to be a domestic church and, in a sense, are, are called to model Mary. Um, this is not to diminish the male part of it. And, you know, it's just, I think, to point out that the the Christian church has, has always and the Catholic church has, has hung on to, um, even some of the reformers had great devotion. I mean, the, the Protestant reformers had devotion to Mary. I mean, I think Luther, you know, had devotion to Mary. So it's not, it's not like a Catholic Protestant thing. It, it is a, a church thing that's been around forever. I think fortunate for us, we've, we've, as we'd think, we've held on to something that has been the case forever, that she is our mother. And so, you know, I, we've been, you know, our kids in all the, in the face of all the things that go on these days in schools talking about, you know, so-and-so is a feminist. I said, well, you know, we need to recapture what it means to be a feminist, to be a feminist in the true way is to actually understand what it means to be feminine, you know, and to, and to embrace femininity, much like a man needs to embrace masculinity. If you want to know what a man looks like, what a man's supposed to be like, what, what true masculinity, look at Jesus. If you want to see what real femininity looks like, what it means to be feminine, look to Mary. Um, she's the pinnacle of God's creation. I mean, of the create of the created beings, she's at the top. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas, I believe said this, but, but, but it's always stuck with me that the, the first in the first in intention is the last in execution. Um, meaning that when you create something, so what was the last thing that he created was woman. The very last thing that he created was woman, which points us to Mary, which points us to the church, which points us to who we are in a certain sense as receivers of God's grace. Um, anyway, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing to think about that the church has not let that go. And so to hear something like that and to be teaching our children that, uh, that Mary is someone we can go to is really important. So anyway, we were talking about the, the, uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, you're welcome. Um, we were, we were going through the four signs, uh, of the Catholic church. And we've been going through one at a time. You know, we say it at mass, one holy Catholic and apostolic. And the last two shows that we've done, what we did one on oneness and how that, how that plays itself out. And we, last time we, we talked about holiness or what it means to be holy and how do we, how does that play out in a, in a um, Catholic family? If we're meant to be like the church, if we're meant to be domestic churches, if we're meant to be images or visible signs of what the church is about, then we should strive to, for unity. We should strive for holiness. We should strive for Catholicity which is what we're talking about today, and we should, I want Holy Catholic, and apostolic. We should strive to be apostolic. That's what I think we'll talk about. We'll either talk about, we'll start with Catholic. We'll start with Catholic. I'm sorry about that. I usually turn these things off before. Um, Come on, Trey. How long have you been doing this show? Been too long. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but you know what? I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm much more popular as we get close to, to, much more popular with my children as they learn what it means to i need money in my account yeah. and <laughs> all of a sudden i'm like okay it's it is really refreshing and and again th- this is a total sidebar but i do think it points to the fact that god sometimes gives you signs or in in your family life that 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 speak to your re- relationship with him as a father <laughs> you know i really appreciate when my kids call and just I, i'm very happy when they ask Hey, can you move some money in my account? I've got to do this, or I really need that. I I I need your help to get this paid for. I I I love those, so don't get me wrong. 
but there's something special about them contacting me with zero asking of money. I mm-hmm. mean, with with zero even asking for anything, just to share something, to to say, hey, you know, hey, I finished my because I, mean, I guarantee you what this is is my son not calling to ask for money. He actually just finished his last final. He is officially, I guess, assuming he will he, everything pass. He's just officially a graduate of the University of Dallas uh, with a BBA in in business, and we're going for the graduation. So those are cool things. And again, the, uh, this is. I think on topic for the show as a whole, maybe not on topic for this as a parent, there's, well, I'm happy to help with, with requests for things that I need this to deal with this problem. Now it's, it is really refreshing to hear, Hey, did you see that? Did you hear this? Or did, you know, just to share something. And I think in a, from a prayer standpoint, I think it's, it's something that challenges me. Do am I always, asking for something when I pray, you know, am I always asking for something for me so that I can mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. out and do it? Or, or am I just sometimes, sometimes at least in touch, thanking him or, or talking to him or whatever. So anyway, I just, um, I left my phone on. That was a little diversion, but that's, you know, what you get. <laughs> Great. But, uh, but anyway, so we're on one Holy Catholic which is where we are now. Um, so we're going to talk about Catholicity or being Catholic. As a visible sign of the Catholic Church, the family must be truly Catholic. And from the Catechism's glossary on, on Catholic, um, the word Catholic is, refers to, uh, is in reference to the word universal. And the Church is universal, according to the glossary of the Catechism, because of the possession of the fullness of Christ's presence and the means of salvation. So Catholicity means that we have all the ways that Jesus has left his presence available to us to be in touch with him and all of the means of salvation available. There's nothing lacking. Um, The church is meant to do that. So what does that mean for us? Um, first off, we need to be, we need to be a family. And, and again, as you listen to these things, you're going to hear a lot of the stuff overlap because it's, it, the, that unity is kind of, there is a reason it's one, all of these things kind of fold over and in on themselves. Um, you'll find that part of being holy would be one of these some of these things. The family should avail themselves of the truth and grace made available by Christ. In other words, the fullness of his presence and his gift of himself and the Holy Spirit, which he died on the cross, was ascended into heaven and came back. We should, like the church, avail ourselves of everything the church has to give so that we can in turn pass those on to our children. But we bring them. So what's, what is that? Which we've talked about. The mass and the sacraments where Truth and grace are there where Christ is truly present in the Mass, where Christ is truly providing both the truth about himself and his love for us, making present the cross and that he's willing to die that we might get to heaven, but also his presence and his grace there. So as families, foundationally, and this you'd find in in probably every one of the ones preceding it, uh, one holy is to be united with Jesus in that, and the in the place where we can most be united to Christ is in His presence in the Eucharist, and particularly in the Mass. So, the Mass and the sacraments should be central to our life as as a Catholic family. Um, we should also be. What has the Church given us? We should be reading scripture at home because that's again another where another place where Christ makes himself present and provides words to us that that are words to live by and then we must also see the magisterium of his church i think it's important to remember as a as a catholic family we should maybe all these i mean what what is the what's the counterpart to say the mass and the sacraments i mean 
the counterpart in my, you know, the meal that we eat, you know, is that we eat once, you know, hopefully more than once a week it tends to be maybe twice a week for us, but we try to, we try to do that and we don't have everybody there, but that should be something that should be foundational to that. We should um, speak with one another. So just like Christ makes himself present to his family, which is the church, to his bride and his children, one of the key points is to be Catholic, is for us to be present to our children. We should be better about making ourselves present. What does that mean? We've talked about it before. But what, what to be present means that when you're talking to your kid, when you're engaged with your child, and I, I mean, I struggle with this sometimes. If I get busy at work or whatever, or busy at home, and I've got, or I've got something else I want to do, or something that I need to do, when my child has to comes to me and asks a question or asks for help on this, am I making an effort to be truly present to them in that moment? That's what Christ does for His church. That's what a man and a husband and a father. Same with a, a mother or wife, should really consciously work at saying, "I need to make myself present to my children when I'm with them. I need I need to try to put aside everything so that when they know they're talking to me and asking me a question or asking for help, I am not by my actions, body language, whatever, saying I've got someplace I'd rather be than right here. Um, I think that's really important, and it's and it's a challenge. The magisterium in the church is another thing that the church gives us that just reminds us that we need to be teachers <laughs> in terms of being present. We need, we need to recognize that we are the first educators, the primary educators of our children, and so we need to be people who are looking for opportunities. And that's part of being present. I mean, recognizing if they're upset about something or something happened at school, they may or may not fully divulge it. But if you recognize it, don't, I mean, I've done this before. I'm ashamed to say, well, if they're not going to bring it up, I mean, it's just going to open a can of worms. So let's Mm -hmm. just, let's just, let's just move on and, and see what happens. The best time to to try to do things is be fully present, recognize what the what your child is is doing, and if they're a little bit off kilter, if something seems to be bothering them, and then engage them in a conversation, and then always look for what's going on now in your family, what's going on at school, what's going on, and have your antenna up, so to speak, to say, is there a teaching opportunity that can practice practically be applied in this moment because I think, you know, I think that the, the, the Catholic church is so practical. It's so punchable. It is so, in other words, it's, it's the perfect intersection of the most amazing supernatural out there, you know, God in three persons, God came and walked this planet I mean, we don't need Oprah or a, a, a course in miracles or, or or any you know out there thing to to uh, rival what we as Catholics believe. The infinite God, the God who's existed for all time, actually became one of us. That's amazing. But the fact that he became one of us and that he every part of his life, as we've talked about, meant to not only teach something about who God is, but to teach something about us. It's the perfect intersection, the perfect cross of, hey, we're not let you know, if we get down in the nitty gritty down here, changing diapers, you know, fixing flat tires, balancing checkbooks, making dinner, taking kids to practice, that's not disconnected from our union with God in heaven. And I think it tends to be an either or. It tends to, for most people, it seems to be I'm either praying and I'm up here or I'm down here. And sometimes when I'm down here, I'd rather be there. 
and sometimes when I'm there, even though I'd rather be there, I'm thinking about down here. Right. And 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 the beauty of the incarnation, the beauty of the fullness of Christ's presence, body, blood, soul, as I pointed to kids, that's his humanity and divinity, his his is that there's this great collision, this great intersection. And, you know, we've talked about it, you've pointed out, I mean, but that is the beauty of what God has revealed. There's not a disconnect between the changing of a diaper and being in union with God in heaven, being part of his family. There's not. We make their one because we think that, okay, if I'm praying, then that's it. So the beauty of this, and I'm pointing to the to the holy card, is talking about all the struggles and call on Mary. That's that is praying constantly. It's it's not it's actually using the circumstances that are happening moment to moment to evoke I need your help for this. As opposed to, oh, I'm going to handle this and then I'll come back and pray to you. It's the having Mary's name on your lips and in your heart. It's having Jesus' name on your lips and in your heart as you're doing this. It's a good habit to get into. It's a good habit to teach your kids that a prayer can be as simple as, Jesus, help me. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us. I mean, St. Michael, pray for us in a moment. Which is what? It's actually, if your eyes of faith are there, is prompted by a very real, concrete moment in your life. It's, it, that's the trick of being praying all the time, the, the, is to recognize that it's exactly those moments, those, those bumps in the road, those things you weren't expecting to happen, that is God calling you back to say, I'll, I'll help you with this, but I'm here to, to point you back to me. Guess what? You're going to have to deal with this, but at the same time, know that I'm there with you. I, I didn't, as God, say, I'm sitting up here in heaven. Y'all get through down there and then come join me after you've suffered a bunch. What did he do? He came down, walked, talked, did the mundane stuff, suffered with us to enter into us so that we can actually enter into him. I mean, there is nothing more radical than that. There's nothing more beautiful to somebody like anybody who is busy because they're trying to be a good husband, a good teacher, a good mother, a good whatever. There's, there's, those are not like either or options. Those people, because of that and because what Jesus has revealed and because of his incarnation, point us to the fact that he's present in that moment and he's asking for us to recognize his presence. In fact, that you know, one of my favorite books, it's actually just a gathering of letters, is St. Lawrence of the Resurrection. Not St. Lawrence, Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. I'm not sure if he's a saint, but practicing the presence of God, which is mm-hmm. every, every parent... Uh, husband ought wife ought to read that book it's not a book it's a gathering of letters but it is the most simple way of kind of approaching mundane tasks i mean he liked fixed shoes and he did very mundane tasks and he wrote letters about how do you practice the presence of god in the midst of those things and i think that ever there's not a there's not anybody out there who is in the busyness of life that wouldn't benefit. It's also extraordinarily small and you can read it very quickly. The cool thing is, is it's in both Catholic and Protestant. It's a very popular book. It's t- typically with often coupled with Thomas Akempis's, uh imitation of Christ, which is much longer, but um, because it's a bunch of devotions, but the bottom line is, we need to learn how to practice the presence of God because to be Catholic means that Christ has made himself and his fullness of his presence to us. Part of being Catholic is actually responding to that presence. Part of that, part of that is actually saying, I recognize you here in this moment that maybe he's not too fun or I'm not really looking forward to this or I wish this didn't happen, but you're here with me. And to teach our kids to recognize that. Yeah, something else that occurs to me is um, 
goes along with this is Christ um, taught the apostles and taught the people who encountered him uh, with parables, which are absolutely simple. Sto- I mean, there's stories about the simple aspects of life, the basic aspects of life. So he he used the um, he turned the the mundane into the profound. Right, and and he wasn't afraid of. There's a difference between dumbing down the gospel. Um, that doesn't mean that you take, you know, theological books and what dumbing down to me means that you're extracting things and just picking things that you think would be eas- more easily grasped. Yeah. If you read the richness of the prodigal son, I mean, for example, I mean, if you take that parable and you read it and you meditate on it and you pray, there's so much there. There's not a, it's not a watering down of the gospel. It's just making it accessible. Um, and so we as parents ought to read Scripture and, and, and even maybe walk a child, particularly as they get older, but even not, just, hey, this is an insight that I've got, and just share that moment to moment. But we, we also ought to be able to look at what's happening in our life, the events that are occurring in this, and how does that speak to us if, if we're allowing God to have his presence. So, again, you know, I'm weird that way. Trevor calls on the phone, and what my first thought after talking to him is, you know, I really appreciate when he calls me not, and then the next thought is a prompting that says, you know what, I'd like you to kind of just call me and say, hey, did you see that, you know, or I really appreciate that, and not always be, hey, can you make sure that we can do this, or can you make sure that we avoid yeah. that? Yeah. Not, and again, the beauty of it is, God allows those things to actually speak to us because we recognize I don't mind the asking. And if I have it, I'll give it. I mean, it's just when that's the only reason you ever call me, it bothers me. Now, that's not been the case here, but there are, there are windows of time when it seems like that, usually around the first of the month. But, but, but the bottom line is, is I think we have to open our eyes to the day-to-day ways that God makes himself present. And I think another way that we can look at universal, in other words, Catholic, that, that, that's what Catholic is meant to, to me as universal, is to see that not only is he present in all that, he is trying to speak to us through all that. There's a way of looking at creation. There's a way of looking at history. There's a way of looking at the events in our own life that really only can begin to make sense through kind of the lens that is the Catholic lens, through a universal that God is in charge, that God is providential, he's always working, he can take any event, even the most horrible of events, and make something wonderful about it. Why do we know that? Because the cross and the crucifixion is what happens we have to have that mentality and be able to point out when our, particularly when our kids bring it up, that there's a way of looking at things. There's a way of treating people that is a Catholic way. It's a Christian way. It's the universal way. It applies everywhere. It doesn't just apply to when you go to youth group. It doesn't just apply when you're at work. It applies to everything universally. That's another way that universal works. I, I always love this. This is, again, how practical the church is. There was a heresy, the Donatist, the Donatist heresy back in the 300s. St. Augustine was there, and, and they, had, they had kind of said, no, we're the, Catholic, we're the real church of, of God because all of our priests are really holy. They didn't do anything bad, and they're not bad. And so they started spreading this heresy that, that your baptism was only as good as the priest who baptized you, you know? And that was, you know, Augustine makes the argument that's nonsense. It's Jesus who back, baptizes, which is good news. But on a side note, he said, and on top of that, you're only Donatists, you Donatists, you're only located here. You're not in all these other places. And he's saying, but we, the Catholic Church, are everywhere. And that was actually an argument that was used to say the universal church 
is spread out. It's not like located in a small area or even a small region, but actually is universal in that sense. I think it's another way of looking at what it means to be Catholic is to see that we're part of something bigger and even extend it further to say we're not only something bigger on this planet, we're part of the body of Christ, which includes the communion of saints. To be universal means we're part of this massive, I mean, it's beyond comprehension how, you know, how large through time, even in the future, in a mm-hmm. way, we're connected mm-hmm. to that. We're connected to the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're connected down here across continents. That's what it meant to be universal. I, I find it, I think it's important to recognize that as early as the 300s, St. Augustine, one of the great saints, that was one of his arguments, not the only argument, but one of his arguments yeah. against that heresy, saying, "If you show me where you are in all these other places, because Jesus established the universal church and he's going to be make himself present all these other places. And I, I, anyway, I think it's an argument that we probably wouldn't hear or maybe even find something disturbing about it uh, as I even say it uh, today. But it is one of the arguments that's been used throughout time uh, to say, how do you know Jesus's church? How do you know the Catholic church? Well, it's, it's everywhere. And it's a sign down here of us extending beyond where we are too, into the past, the communion of saints, and into the future after we die to down the road. So again, going to mass is important. That connection, which we've talked about before as well, that when we go to mass, we're actually at the foot of the cross. When we go to mass, we're actually participating in the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. And therefore, it's important for us to share with our children. If you've lost a family member, as I, I love going to Mass because there I know I'm the closest I can be on this side with my well, Lord and Savior, with, with, but also with my grandfather who I miss, with my mother who I miss. I, I trust that they are there. I pray for them during the Mass. But to, again, teach this very important point that it's not just about right here and now. It's, it is about right here and now, but it's also about there. Again, it's always this tension. I had a, you know, a professor, Marcelino D'Ambrosio, who, who always said, you can tell the truth by the seeming contradictions. You know, they're not really contradictions if you, if you see how the church teaches, but there's a tension between them. So what's the most important point in your life, Thaddeus, and mine right now, right. I mean, at this moment, is, is that? And guess what? That passes as soon as I said moment to the next moment. So it's like, okay, we need to be focused on this. However, we also need to recognize that we're focused on down the road, that we're, while we may need to really focus on whatever we're doing in our job and be fully present to that, or what we're, that we're spending time with our family over dinner and be fully present to that, we need to know that that's connected to and a part of being part of God and, and his family in heaven. So there's a tension there. I mean, there's a tension between, okay, is now important or is me being in prayer important? That's, that's a false dichotomy. It's not, there's that, 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 that it's not either or in the Catholic. It's both and in that in that sense. So anyway, um further let's see when on being catholic. Uh again, it's on the possession it's on that we have Christ's presence and we're going to learn we're going to talk about presence means of salvation. I mean, as parents, another thing we we need to be responsible for and recognize that we are responsible for and when we baptize a child, which we just came back from a baptism not too long ago, we're responsible for delivering to our children an understanding of the means of salvation. In other words, we, we, we are need to know we get them baptized, but we need to know what we're doing when we get them baptized. We need to make sure that they've been to confession when it's time for that. But they also understand what confession is, not just something they go through. We need to make sure that they 
receive the sacrament of confirmation. In other words, they're the, they're the sacraments of initiation. And I had a, a, a guy that was teaching a class. He said, you know, initiation means like you're beginning something. It's, it's not like the end of something. It's not like the, so true. It's not, and the sacraments of initiation mean now you have everything so that you can go out and do whatever you've become a part of. Well, you become part of the church and those sacraments, and we need to teach, we need to teach uh, our kids. Don't you think that a lot of that is because in our society here in America, we don't really have very many ceremonies of beginning things. All of our ceremonies are about ending things. Right. Graduation from kindergarten, graduation from middle school to high school, high school graduation, but it's college a, but I, graduation. So I think that's why confirmation sort of gets that Holy Communion confirmation. They get lumped in there with those rites of passage. This is a totally uh, not even, uh, and this is just me talking, not not Trish, but what, what you made me think of is the fact that we don't really do a good job anymore and it's partially because of i think social media and other things of recognizing that that extended work <laughs> even tedious work over time is something that we re- we're not it's like okay i just finished that let's get a reward you know yeah. it's not like event to event i mean a, a sense of a much longer journey of i've got to work at this and which again you know i want it now and I think that speaks a little bit to to the fact that we as a coach, you know, we don't like saying no to something when we can have it now. We don't like saying it's better for me to wait when I can have it now. I, I think that's part of being it's part of being Catholic, but it's also it, and that's fighting against the culture that says, well, if you can't have it now, you ought to get it now. No yeah. sense of I need. I mean, you can go across multiple things. Human sexuality and marriage, you know, to kindergarten graduations. I mean, there's a sense of, well, if I just do this, why should I have to wait? Well, what, what's the point? Well, the point is, is there, there is, you know, Jesus waited. I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about it. this is the God of all creation. I mean, he was. I, whatever you want to say a a carpenter is, whether he was actually building, you know, tables and chairs, or if he was a construction worker, doesn't really matter. He was doing what all of us do all the time. You know, there was always, there was always a meditation. There was a meditation that a a professor of mine had uh, about this saying, you know, Joseph and Mary at some point had to believe, okay, this, this is the Messiah, the, the, the chosen one the one that God has picked, you know, one, you know, kind of jokingly saying, don't you think Jesus, like, you know, you're 28 years old. Like, isn't it time for you like to go do something, (laughs) you know? So even God waits, even God is patient. Even God waits for the time, even though he has the power to do it. There's something beautiful in that, just chewing, chewing on that. And the fact that, that in our society we do tend to undermine a sense of I need to work at this for some time, which I think is similarly, a, I think God is, is infinite obviously. Right. But if a, if a human being had, had undertaken creation, let's just right. for, the, for this thought experiment and Adam and Eve have the fall in the garden, the human being's instinct would have been, Oh, let's, Fix let's fix this mess up right now. Right. Exactly. That's a good point. But God has his time, his fullness of time. Everything works and so he waited in, in your kind of what you're saying. He waited what uh wow. many thousand let's just say leave it at many thousands of years before intervening in history to begin this next phase of And he prepared and he prepared right. by all the that's the way he interacted with with the Israelites throughout time, right to to kind of reveal the you know Saint Paul calls it the divine pedagogy you know yeah. the way he taught 
but he teaches very patiently. Right. Have you got this? You, you, okay, you got this? Okay, we'll move on to right. We'll move on to this. Oh, now. we need to relearn this lesson? Re- okay, let's do this. Let's do this again. But I mean, patient for when is it the right time? Right. And so his And now patience, the battle is won or the war is won, but Right. But we still but he's still honoring I mean, if you think about it, he's still honoring his creation. He's right. still honoring the fact that he gave us intellect and will. He's right. still honoring that and right. saying, I'm still, but, but, but for love to be true love, I have to allow you to reject me. I mean, though, so I can think, I mean, I have my kids sometimes in, I just wish he would just make me a robot and just do the right things instead of, instead of having to make, you know, they start talking about that. I said, but it wouldn't really be you making a decision, you making a choice between those it wouldn't be a struggle and struggles are good i mean there's so many applications of just even that idea this patience and struggle and coming up alongside or even entering into that the incarnation reveals to show us god doesn't come to take our struggles he comes to give meaning to the struggles he doesn't he doesn't come to extract us from the trials and tribulations he comes to show us that they have meaning. As a parent, in the fullness, we need to recognize that. It's okay for kids to struggle. It's okay for them to even have and experience some sort of pain (laughs) as long as you can help them make sense of it. Even in retrospect, you need to look back at things and and be able to say you went through that. Yeah, and I I never uh, tire... uh, I continue to profit from meditating on something very simple, which is when I fall in my life, I have the way of the cross to look at. Christ fell down three times carrying that cross on the way to Calvary. Right. So there's meaning in a strange way. There, There's meaning in, in my falls and getting back up and, you know, turning around and com- coming back to him and continuing to walk that that path right. with with him and he walking it with me and th- there's there's so much in the passion of, of our why, Lord. There's so much it, in the way of the cross. I mean, you would think, and I think, and this is some point where I think some people get it wrong, even as Christians. The church is very wise in saying, when you are suffering, particularly when you're suffering, where do you look at the cross now? I mean, think about it. If you're going on a diet, you're going to suffer and do this. What do they tell you now? Well, look to the end. Look at what you're going to look at at the end. So human wisdom would say, well, let's look at the resurrection. That's going to get us through this time. (laughs) Jesus, the the church says, no, look at the. Look at yourself sweating. Look at that. (laughs) While you're still fat. You know, no, I mean, look at that. Right. I mean, and and there's wisdom there to remember to teach our kids that. You don't. We don't run away from suffering. We don't necessarily run to it. We don't try to become martyrs, but we accept the suffering and the martyrdom, whatever that means, whether it's figurative or, or real. We accept what God sends our way. So, the sickness, you know, the strep throat, the a kid who doesn't do you know all that they you'd hope they would do. I mean, whatever the whatever those things, the job that doesn't work out. Whatever they are, we don't look like past that. And that's what we're usually praying for. Let's get past this, right? I think the church, the church points to the to it says, you know, while you're in it, look at him in it. You know, while you're in it, yeah, it doesn't mean anything if he hadn't been resurrected. I mean, Paul says that if he if he hadn't risen from the dead, then all this is nonsense, and we're all as pitiable people as there are. But if it is indeed true. He's not saying let's skip the cross. He's saying take up your cross right. and follow me, but gain strength. From and that's that. a great example of what our central theme is today of Catholic. Catholic. It's it's this idea of it's it's everything. It's the totality of the gospel. Right. It's the whole gospel. It's the whole story of Christ on earth. It's the whole teaching that sets up what it means in the old testament to take the, take everything right don't don't just take proof texts out that say what you want, what you want it to, to say. say it's the whole it's the whole thing and it applies 
to everything in the our totality of your person, the totality of your person, and everything that you go through. There is not, there is not an event, a moment that doesn't have right. something that Jesus is trying to, that God the Father, that the Holy Spirit, that the Trinity is trying to say something to you. Right. Every moment of your life is charged with meaning, even if that is recognizing that Jesus, that Jesus worked in a carpenter shop and he prayed, but he just did what his job was. Even that yep. means that we that what we do day to day. So there's a Catholic way of looking at it. Look to what the church teaches and then embrace that. You know, I'm not a big let's give a, an award to everything. I'm not because I'm, I, I don't think that's real world. I don't even think that's real Christianity. I mean, it comes at the end if you persevere to the end. Right. Even says we got to be patient. But anyway, we're to the end as always the case. I, I miss my wife. Just by the way. Um, and hope she comes back, but I'm always glad that Thaddeus is here because he always provides wonderful things. So anyway. Thanks, uh, Trey. No, thank we you. miss you, Stephanie. Yeah, we do. I don't know if she's hearing us, but maybe she'll hear the the replay, which is what? Uh, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. That's right. Assuming. But, it, but, um, but anyway, again, Jesus will reveal these things to you. Recognize in Catholicity your need to be present. Recognize in Catholicity your need to recognize there's a Catholic way of looking at things, and that that may actually run in conflict with, uh, with what the world says. So, and learn the word Catholicity because that's a really cool sounding word. Yeah, I like the I like the way it flows off my tongue. But anyway, uh, God bless you guys. Um, pray, parent with purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And He will. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.